Now we're going to discuss all the Musaf offerings of all of the holidays. Again, every single Chag, every holiday, when you come to the Shul and we read the Mafta, we're going to be reading these verses from today's Parsha of the different offerings that were brought during the different holidays. So the first one is Pesach, right? Pesach. We go in the order in the Jewish calendar, the first month of the year is not Rosh Hashanah, it's Nisan. That's when the Jewish year starts in the Bible. So on the first day of all, sorry, on all seven days of Pesach, seven days in a row, what was brought as an offering on the, on the altar, besides the daily offerings, and besides for the Pesach offering, which is a whole separate discussion, the Paschal lamb, and the holiday offerings, besides those were eaten by the people. Those were shlamim. The carbon Chagiga, the carbon Pesach, that was eaten by the people on the holiday of Pesach, those are peace offerings of a lower level of holiness that were brought by each family or each group that they offered offerings. But this, we're talking about, is what was offered by the priests on behalf of the Jewish people, one for everybody. What was this Musaf offering? Two bulls, a ram, and seven lambs as an ola. All burnt offerings. And then there's one higot, as a chatas, as a sin offering that was brought on Pesach, one sin offering to, one second, to, to also for any offerings brought in a state of, of impurity. Now, why do we bring these animals? What do they represent? So what does the ox represent? Who knows what an ox represents? The bulls, no. Well, Yosef is compared to an ox, but a bull is a, or a baby cow is Avraham was known that when, when the angels came to Avraham, right, what did Avraham do? The Torah says he ran to, to, to the cows to go prepare fresh meat, tongue, for his guests. It says, El ha-baka Avram. Avram ran to the cattle, to the, uh, to the cows. What do the rams represent? Who's represented by Yitzchak? Isaac, exactly, very good. The binding of Isaac, after the angel came to Avram and said, don't touch your son, Avram saw in the, in the bushes, there's a ram, he shechted the ram instead of Yitzchak and the horn. One horn was used by Mount Sinai. Second, ram's horn of the shofars for Eliyahu and Navi when Mashiach comes. So the ram represents Isaac. And what do the sheep? Who, who represent, who's represented by sheep? Yaakov. Yaakov was a shepherd his whole life. It's true that Moshe was also a shepherd. But in the Torah, you don't really find much about uh, many of our forefathers. Avram was also a shepherd. Yitzchak was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. But in the Torah... There's a tremendous amount of detail given to how Yaakov pastured the sheep and made the speckled sheep and this, you know, the whole story, right? With Lavan trying to steal the sheep and he put them in the pasture. It's like a whole chapter, complicated chapter about the sheep and Yaakov. So when we bring on Pesach and all the holidays, we're going to be very similar. Bringing bulls and rams and lambs is Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov represented over there. Um, and then we bring... Okay. That's as far as uh, Pesach and Shavuos is the exact same thing. The exact same two bulls, one ram and seven lambs to get, and, the, and the goat as a sin offering together with the flour and the wine and all that was the exact same thing on Shavuos. What's unique about Shavuos? On Shavuos was another very unique offering that was brought called the Shtei HaLechem. The Shtei HaLechem which is here in the Torah is we know that you have besides the Omer offering you have the first wheat. The Omer is the first barley. And that's when, after the Omer was brought on the second day of Pesach, that you can eat from any of the produce of the new year. For the new harvest, you couldn't eat until Pesach, right? Remember that? We learned about this. Yeah. Okay. Now, in the temple, there were special rules. In the temple, 
although you, me and you, could eat from the new harvest after the second day of Pesach, in the temple they didn't use new wheat from the new harvest until Shavuos. They would take not the barley, which ripens earlier, but the wheat only ripens later by Shavuos time, and they would make from the wheat flour. They would actually make, it was a, it was a whole process, they would take uh, uh, a very large amount of flour, and they would take it into the Azar, into the courtyard of the Beis Migdash. And there in the courtyard of the Beis Migdash, they would thresh the wheat till it was very finely ground, and then they would sift it 12 times. Sifted 12 times, so it would be very, very fine flour, very, very ripe, very good flour. And then after they had sifted the flour very, very fine, they would then make about five, one omer of flour per challah. An omer is about five pounds of challah. And then they would shape two of them into two squares. They would make it into chametz. And then it would rise, and after the dough rose, then they will bake it into, into bread, which is a fascinating conversation. We won't get into it right now. Why on Pesach, chametz is forbidden. You have to destroy the chametz. Not only are you allowed to eat the chametz, you need to destroy the chametz. You've got to get rid of it. And on Shavuos, you have a mitzvah to make chametz in the temple. Not only are you allowed to eat it, that was the mitzvah. These two loaves were made from the brand new flour of the new season, and it had to be left until it was totally... Uh, until it was totally... Um, Chametz, uh, and then they would offer it up, and that's why Shavuos is considered the festival of judgment for all the fruit harvest of the year. Wheat is considered fruit, by the way. Chita, according to some opinions, the fruit of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden was a free, was wheat. As I said, the child doesn't know how to speak, so they eat wheat. Whatever, we're going off subject again. So many beautiful things here. So the point is that the season of judgment for the produce is on Shavuos of the of the tree. Okay, then we come to the Muslim offering of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the same thing, two bulls, a ram, and seven lambs as the oldest sacrifice, and the he-goat as the chat, the sacrifice, is Rosh Chodesh as well. Even though we don't formally do the Rosh Chodesh offerings on Rosh Hashanah, but it is Rosh Chodesh, so there is the sin offering there as well. Um, and then you have um, Something very interesting, very beautiful. Am Rosh Hashanah does not say that you should offer up the Musaf offering. Am Rosh Hashanah. You know the Torah says, Va'asisem, you shall make it. Meaning there's a hint over here. Hashem is saying to the Jewish people that if through your tshuva and your repentance you get pardon for your sins, I will consider it Va'asisem as if you remade yourself. Meaning the offering is a way for you to remake yourself on Rosh Hashanah. Normally it's an offering of an animal. The Rosh Hashanah, the offering of the animal and the prayers of Rosh Hashanah give you the chance to make yourself anew. Anyway, it's very beautiful. In addition, you have over here in the Torah a mention of Yom Truah Yilachem. The seventh month, the Torah says, and the first of the month, Yom Truah, a day of blowing of the shofar shall be for you. What's the blowing of the shofar? Truah, which every Truah is before and after Tkiah and after Tkiah, but we're not going to get the laws of blowing shofar, we'll leave it alone. Then comes the laws of Yom Kippur, V'inisem esnaf shoseichem, when you shall afflict your souls. How do you afflict your souls on Yom Kippur? So at Mount Sinai, God doesn't say how you afflict your soul. So you should afflict your soul. And you should not do any work. But we have Kabbalah Moshe Sinai. When God said this to Moshe, He said to him, there's five things. And that's why there's no, there's no argument anywhere in the Talmud or anywhere, what's the five things? Not to eat, not to drink, not to put on the creams or makeup or perfume, not to uh, wear leather, and not to have any intimacy with your spouse. Those are the five forms of, of, of affliction 
to achieve atonement for yourself on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, there's a lot of sacrifices that are brought. All the laws of the special Yom Kippur sacrifices are taught in the parsha of Acharit. In addition to all the offerings of Acharit, and the two goats that were brought, one was for the Azazel, one was for the Lashem of the Sinaf. In addition to that, you have the regular holiday offerings. What are the regular Musaf offerings? Same as the other holidays. A bull, well, it's only one bull, not two bulls. A bull, a ram, and seven lambs as all the sacrifices. And then you have, again, a goat as a chatas. Why is it It's a good question. I don't know why. I just sat over here now. Um, I don't know why it's only one bull instead of two bulls. All the other ones are two bulls. But uh, maybe, I'm just thinking, because the Kohen Gadol bought his own bulls as a sacrifice as well on, on Yom Kippur. So this is not talking about the bull that the Kohen Gadol brought as his own sacrifice. Since he was bringing his own bull, maybe there's one bull less from the community because he was bringing his own. That's probably, that's probably the reason. And then we come to Sukkot. Sukkot is very, very interesting. Very interesting, the offerings of Sukkot. Basically, I'll make it short and to the point, on Sukkot, there was a lot of animals brought as most of offerings, different than any other holiday. How many offerings were brought? On the first day, seven. So total, you'll see. On the first day, on the first day, they brought 13 bulls and 14 lambs as the Ola sacrifice that was burnt up beside for the he goat that was used as a chattas offering. And each one of these 13 bulls and 14 lambs was uh, together with the flower offering and the wine offering, etc. On the second day, they would bring one less bull, but the same number of lambs. So on the second day, there was 12 bulls and still 14 lambs. On the third day, there was 11 bulls and 14 lambs. And the, and the goat was a sin offering. On the fourth day, there was 10 bulls and 14 lambs. On the next day, there was 9 bulls and 14 lambs. On the sixth day, there was 8 bulls. And on the, seven, on the eighth day, there was 7 bulls. So if you do the math, Robert, come on. What's thir- tw- 13 plus 12 plus 11, plus 10, plus 9, plus 8, plus 7? 70? 70. Yeah, you're so sad. So there's 70 bulls. What are the, good job, good job. What do the 70 bulls represent? You get extra brownie bar. 70 nations. So the 70 bulls that were offered in the temple during the holiday of Sukkot were brought in, 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 in protection and in merit of the bull of the 70 nations of the, of the world, which is why it says that if the nations would have known how much spiritual merit they got from the Jewish people protecting the Beis Mikdash, uh, praying for them in the, on Sukkot, they would have stood around the Beis Mikdash with swords and spears, not allow it to be destroyed. Okay, now what is 14 plus 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 14? I think that was seven times. Uh, what does that equal? 98. 98. Very good. You know your times table. Very good. Okay, you need something. So, what does 98 represent? You know what there's 98 of? Curses. In the parasha of Kisavo, there's 98 curses in the Teichacha, and the curses that God gives the Jewish people, they will sin. These 98 lambs protect the Jewish people from the 98 curses that we deserve if we sin. So even though we deserve to be cursed, by bringing these 98 lambs during the days of Sukkot, that was protection for the Jewish people. So the 70 cows is protection for the non-Jews. The 98 lambs is protection for the Jewish people that are compared to 
a lamb, right? A lamb amongst the sheep amongst the nations. And then comes Shemini Atzeres. Shemini Atzeres is the eighth day of Sukkot, which is really its own holiday. It's called an Atzeres. Just like Shavuot is also called Atzeres. Atzeres means to gather in, to hold back. And so it's a day of holding back. We're one more day of keeping the holidays. And again, there's a lot to explain about Shemini Atzeres, but just Shemini Atzeres, the Torah says, is a day of restriction, a day of being holy to Hashem. On that day, you bring one bull, one ram, and seven one-year-old lambs, all unblemished. And this represents, plus as he goes to the sin offering, and this represents how we are one and close to Hashem. This is the holiday that Hashem says, all week long I was partying with the whole nations. And now comes Shemini Atzeres. Now was they just me and you together, nobody else. And that's the special uh, offerings of Shemini Atzeres. Okay?